Lots of marriage advice sucks. The classic is never go to sleep mad, but sometimes you just need to sleep it off. Lydia and Andrew are here to give you their unconventional and nuanced advice, not only on marriage, but all things life, fitness, faith, and more. We're here to give you permission to go against the grain and to go to sleep mad. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Go to Sleep Mad. What's up, everybody? Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to <laughs> Lydia. Actually, today. Today is my 28th birthday and just really grateful for another lap around the sun. We also launched the podcast today. Mm-hmm. So I use my birthday as an excuse to try and get our friends and family to tell people about the podcast. So we'll see if it worked. I actually have not checked any of the analytics or anything like that, but we'll see. I'm feeling confident that we got like two more listeners. Two more that's listeners. What that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Shout out Tierra, who's said she was listening now. Shout yeah. out T. Miss you so much. Um, we got to go visit them. We keep talking about it and we don't have any action behind well, it. That, that's ironic. Coming into our list of things. Yeah. So for today's episode, we thought, um, so Andrew's birthday is next Tuesday. We're actually a week apart. I'm one week older. So we're both kind of rounding out this year of 27. So we thought it'd be fun to just give 27 life lessons from 27 years of life. So kind of just what we've learned this year. I kind of hate being born in December. It's the worst. Um, You know, as a kid, you get one present instead of two. Even this year, like conflicts with your birthday party, whatever. But I think it is kind of fun that our birthdays are in December for the reflection aspect because everyone gets more reflective around the new year. And Mm -hmm. I'm a pretty reflective, introspective person, I would say. So that's fun that we get to be reflective around our birthdays. Agreed. Yeah. With the rest of the world. But there's a lot. There's 27. So we're going to rip through... Andrew's written some, I've written some, and then some we just agree on. So yeah, Andrew and, can go first. Yeah, and, and some of them will probably talk about maybe a little bit more in depth. Some of them we might be like, yep, that was spoke for itself. Let's continue. So cool. In true Andrew fashion, the first one is. So the first thing I said is learn to save, learn to spend. So at no fault of, of you know, family or, or growing up or anything like that, I just think in general, maybe, maybe this could be, this could be very vague and not true in in the slightest. But financial literacy, I feel like in general, has become like more tangible. YouTube, mm-hmm. social yeah. media, like more people are talking about it in everyday life. And I think you're always taught like you know you never promise tomorrow, so spend away. Or you're taught like save your money, save your money. But I think it was just as hard to learn how to spend as it was to save. Yes. And, 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 and some people will feel more comfortable with one or the other. And I'm like, man, just, especially when you're, uh, I was just talking to a buddy this morning when you, when you get married and you're kind of merging your lives together. Oh man. It's like, it's a, it's its own muscle to learn just as much to learn how to save, learn how to spend. In this case, learn how to save together, learn how to spend together. Yeah. I actually think 27 was a pivotal year for me in learning how to like spend and spend money on things that. I think we came into a new financial situation this year that I haven't experienced before where I do feel like I just felt this freedom to like buy the nicer thing or I don't know. I just really feel like I have learned to spend in a way that's like meaningful versus like 
before I, I grew up in the family where you save, save, save. So spending money is actually really hard for me. And so I feel like this year I've just kind of stepped into it. feels like a new phase of adulthood when it comes to spending. And I feel like we were sense. both swinging different ways yes, with it. And I feel like this, this year I also agree of the first time we kind of met at equilibrium, you know, like mm-hmm. we're both very much on the same spot there. So I like that one. Yeah. Next. Number two, number two, I put uh, hybrid training greater than sign. I, I feel like the reason I put this one down is I've, you know, being very involved in sports in, in high school and wanting to run in college and that not really working out, but fitness and exercise as a whole being a big priority of mine. I feel like I've gone through so many phases of, of health and fitness, but specifically just how I move. So if that's going to be going to the gym, if, and you know, just lifting weights, if that's rock climbing, if that's running marathon, ultra marathon, you know, like trying to do all these different uh, attempts, CrossFit. I mean, I could, I, I, the list goes on and on. I just feel like the hybrid training. And what I mean by that is a true lifting and running mix. I feel like it's just lasted the longest and I feel like it's been the most enjoyable. Um, just like brushing my teeth. It's just been, it's been a discipline. So I feel like that one is a big one. Yeah. Hybrid training works. I would like to get into hybrid training, but we'll get into this later. I had knee surgery this year, so I didn't really do some hybrid tra- <laughs> hybrid training. <laughs> no, that's a good one. Does that go into number three? Yeah, uh, yeah, it goes into number three. Uh, stop, stop alpha lifting. Lift for longevity. I feel like it's really easy. I mean, you know, playing football, like you know, everyone's just like lifting, throwing themselves around and putting on weights just because. And and I don't actually care what other people think most of the time. You know, like mm-hmm. when I'm at 24-hour fitness, the last thing I'm thinking of is like, what does Fernando over there think of me when I'm putting on <laughs> these weights here? Like I, I don't really, I'm not really that concerned about that. But I think if you get out of the mindset of just the alpha lifting, how much can I do? How much can I throw around? Mm. I feel like I want to feel good all the time. I want to feel strong. I want to feel confident. I want to feel like an athlete. And if I'm able to like stop worrying about how much I'm lifting, but how I'm lifting, I'm like, that's the way to go. Yeah. Why, when I first read this, I really thought you were, I read alpha lifting and I was like, like at Lifetime Fitness, like the <laughs> class called alpha, <laughs> but that makes sense. That's good. Um, next one. Don't take life so seriously. I am saying this to myself. Okay. Andrew wrote this, but I say this all the time. So it's kind of from both of us. Yeah, to- it totally is. But I'm saying this to myself more than, so there's some that I feel like I have, I have implemented. It is a, a good thing. I have learned, you know, wisdom is not what you know. It's, it's what you learn, learn and what you listen to. So it's like, I, I feel like that's, this is one I'm still trying to implement in my life. But like a lot of stuff I'm like, oh man, but this has to be done. It's not that serious. Like, don't take life so seriously. So I'm, I feel like I'm working on that one. Mm-hmm. But that's a good one. Real good one. It's just life. Um, I used to always say yes to everything, fit everything on my plate. This is number five. Yes. But, but I kind of want to give a little bit of a preface. Okay. Used to okay. say, used to say yes to everything. Look at my plate. Try to fit more on it. And then all of a sudden I learned no. So number five, saying no is a hard skill. Hmm. Okay. Hard skill as it's difficult to learn. Hard skill as it's not a soft skill. It is. It is a part. It is a part of your toolkit. So being able to say no and having your yeses be yeses and your no be no is a is a big one for me. So that is number five. Saying saying no is a hard skill. Do you feel like you learned that this year? Because you've been saying that for years. But do you think the hard skill is what you learned this year? I I think I've I've, I've I, I think it's been implemented for a while. I said when I turned twenty two, 
mm-hmm. was when I was when like, oh my gosh, this was like, I've learned to say no. Someone's like, can you? No. Like I, I felt like my no was strong, mm-hmm. but I think now it's been used more than ever. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't say no just because, but I think it, it has more meaning because people don't say no. So yeah. And I say yes to a lot of things. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, I say that. So it's not like you're not doing anything, but it's true. Exactly. Saying no is a skill. Number six, pay for convenience. Andrew loves this one. Oh, baby. I love this. A little, little side tangent here. I think it's crazy. I think it's actual insanity when I see like a Ferrari or like a Lamborghini or someone and then they like throw the keys to the 19 year old to go park at valet. I'm like, oh, that's so crazy. I just spent all this money on a car and I'm going to throw the keys to this buffoon. <laughs> you know, I think that's like so crazy. But besides that, because, you know, I'm over here like throwing the, you know, I'd give them my Honda key and be like, here you go. But like that idea of just, oh, I like the convenience aspect. So despite judging the people who, who drive $300,000 cars and give their keys to a, a recent high school graduate who doesn't know, maybe doesn't know how to drive the vehicle. I'm like, pay for convenience. I think there's so many spots in life where we definitely trip. We just trip over the little things here or there because we're like, oh, I can save a buck. Um, I love I love many things, but one thing that Ramit Sadie, um, he's a kind of like a financial guru kind of guy, but I love what he says. He's like, don't have the $3 questions, have the $30,000 questions. So don't trip so much on those little, like, do I buy the coffee or not? Mm-hmm. You know, have the, have the bigger questions. How do I get a pay raise? Things like that. But pay for convenience. I feel like that's a big one. I love that one. It is implemented. It is in my arsenal. It is your, uh, your arsenal. <laughs> um, number seven, automate things in your life to avoid decision fatigue. And I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, number, number seven is like, oh, we're the same thing every day. And, you know, but I think there's an aspect of, of habit and routine and automating things that are, are maybe difficult or are hard for you to do. So an example of maybe saving money, uh, instead of doing that yourself at the end of each month, you know, automate that mm-hmm. instead of, instead of being like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, maybe work out a couple of days a week, write it down. Say, it's always Tuesday, Wednesday, fr- or Monday, Wednesday, Friday. I run Tuesday, Tuesday, Thursday. Like automate some of those decisions in your life so you don't have to make those decisions yeah. later or in the even, moment. I talked about this with my executive coach a lot, which was really interesting around like breakfast. I would have so much def- decision fatigue about what I was going to eat for breakfast, which is like literally so silly, but it would take up so much mental energy so just even taking something like that away like I eat the same thing or I eat xyz on these days like it actually is really really helpful Mm -hmm. especially how you're starting your day so I don't know even try with something as small as breakfast I'm gonna eat the same thing five days a week no decisions and shout out my boy uh, Willis here actually not shout out a little bit of a shout out a little bit of a complaint he always goes your breakfast is so immaculate and then you just are on a steep decline throughout the rest of the day. And I'm like, he's not fully wrong, <laughs> but I eat the same thing. I love my breakfast and I eat the same thing. So it's like, that's just another moment. And also I work from home. So I think having a comfortable meal that I, you know, I can make and just get going is, is helpful. So, mm-hmm. all right, what are we on now? Num- oh, number eight, the 90 day rule. I did not come up with this. Uh, this is the one from the minimalists, um, but I enjoy this one. Uh, along with a few other rules that they have. But I think this one I, I've i kind of adopted and used pretty consistently. Um, yeah, you taught this to me. 
Yeah, yeah, I, and I think it's a, I think it's a great one that we. I told someone else the other day and took full credit for it too. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> wow! The minimalist should be uh, very frustrated. Don't sue us. But or I, me. I, I, the ninety-day rule I love because it's if you are not going to use something, if you have not used something in the last ninety days, and you do not foresee yourself using it in the next ninety days, feel free to let it go. And I think there's a lot of things that, you know, obviously we can say, I need that third pair of scissors in case I'm doing scrapbooking with all of my friends and everyone breaks the scissors at the same time. Like, obviously I'm not using that as the example. You should probably just get rid of all your three extra scissors unless scrapbooking is a thing of yours. Mm. But there's just things in general that I'm like, man, I have not used in the last 90 days. I ain't going to use it in the next or the last to next and it's time to let it go. So I, I like that rule. I think it helps you be a little bit more intentional about what you're bringing in and out of your house. Mm-hmm. And what you what you keep, um, minus shoes for me though. That's a hard one. I love shoes. So that's me. That's uh, the ninety day rule, number eight. So number nine. I think Lydia and I kind of brush up on this one. Uh, we say this one twice, so we kind of each took half the list. But this one comes up twice, so we might. I'll, just... I'll read it and then breeze through, and then we'll jump back to it. But yeah, friendship as an adult is hard, so prioritize it. I think that goes. Um, because that being said, friendship's already hard in general, let alone as in adulthood. So, yeah, um, mine's we'll a little back. different, but we'll yeah, come back. we'll come back to that one. Um, number ten, love is a choice, not just a feeling. Um, I, I, again, I feel like this one kind of speaks for itself as well. Um, but you know, love. I, I, I don't recall the the quote exactly, but um, I believe this is a Dallas Willard quote. But like, love, you know. Love doesn't keep marriage together. Marriage keeps love together. So mm. I think there's just an aspect of, I, I, I totally misquoted that um, either by whom or <laughs> or paraphrased in some form. But I, I do think that is really true because there's an aspect of love and there's that aspect of commitment. Those are, you know, those are two very different things that are foundational at some point in the relationship. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I like that one a lot. Uh, 11, number 11, I put travel, travel, travel so i remember the first year lydia and i were uh were dating i was on the phone with my dad i was like i don't think this is gonna work she's gonna go into europe and i've you know never i've only gone to ontario and i just remember being like man i haven't done a lot of traveling and stuff like that uh but i feel like over our you know over the years of us being together uh we've prioritized traveling and things like that and it's just so much experience and fun times that we've yeah that we've had wouldn't replace it and I said, this is another one I just shifted. Um, I said, say yes to the trip, um, especially this summer. I went on so many trips this summer. I was barely in Orange County, it felt like. But it was honestly one of the best summers. So fun. I have ever had. Like, we went to Northern California for Young Life Camp. We went to Arizona for Young Life Camp. We went to Wyoming. I went to New York. We went to Myrtle Beach with my family. Where else did we go? And then we drove up to North Carolina. Um, oh, we went to Wilmington. Well. I just feel like there was like so many fun things, but then also it was really fun to come back to somewhere we love. Like we love living in Orange County. So just like say yes to the trip. Mm-hmm. I love that one. Number 12, rest. There's always something to do, always something to get done. Uh, I'm going to bring myself back to when I started this. There are some things I have implemented, some that I am trying my best. And this is very much, very much one of those. Um, I think I'm noticing there's always something to be done, uh, implementing Sabbath and rest, intentional rest. 
um, in my day is quite difficult. So um, I'm I'm definitely a list checker offer, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, getting things done. So I, I am I am intentionally trying to take rest. Um, God in His perfection rested. Uh, I am so minuscule and not important. I need to also rest. So, yes. um, work, working on that one, that one is a, a work in progress for sure. So popping that on the list as well. Uh, number 13. Uh, I, I, I think I, I think I just say this one a lot. He says this constantly, <laughs> but I do, I do love, I do love it. So anyway, number 13, it costs $0 to worry about yourself. <laughs> I, I say that because, um, we were with a couple of friends. This was like maybe four months ago ladies probably not even know what i'm, I'm I about no to say here what you're talking about and we were we were at a um we we're at like a uh like a brewery slash had like a couple of like food trucks but specifically a pizza one uh like a pizza food truck um and some people were playing live music it was great it was a, i'm still not following we, we were we were with nicole and joseph okay. um oh, and wait no oh, I'll, I'll, t- I'll tell okay. you okay um so we're waiting for the pizzas. People are, you know, this dude's playing the guitar. Someone's playing the I saxophone. People are singing. And this absolute goon who's working for the pizza place couldn't help but after serving each pizza, like dance just like a baboon. It was so funny. And my my boy was loving his life. Like there was there was no question in my mind that I was like, this, this dude obviously loves his life. Like he is he is serving Zaz. Like there's no tomorrow and dancing in between to this man in a tie dye shirt with a saxophone. Like he is loving life. And then I remember Joseph uh, and Nicole kind of talking, but specifically Joseph, when he had mentioned, um, he was like, I, I don't know. It just feels different when you come down to San Diego. I feel like everyone's like, doesn't worry about other people. They just kind of worry about themselves. And I was like, you are so right. And that mm. is such a great example. And I think that small act of that is just something that I want to implement more in my life. Like I feel like I, you know, when we started dating, I was nervous about taking photos and I wasn't really confident in myself as, as a whole. I, there's just a lot of moments where I think I was worrying about what other people thought about what I was doing, how I was portrayed, whatever it is. But I'm like, man, it does cost zero dollars to worry about yourself. And there's so much joy that comes from doing it. So that's yeah. a pivotal, pivotal memory for me. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, that's why it's on the list. That's why the podcast is fun because <laughs> like, obviously we have conversation with each other and deep conversation, but it's something about like having to plan out and sit down that brings out some things that you didn't even know. I know. I know. That was uh, number 13, right? Yep. Yep. So number 14. Again, this is uh, one of the ones where I'm, where I'm like in the process of implementing. Uh, I, you know, I think it's not an easy one. And again, takes in some intentionality. And I think it uh, goes back to the 90 day rule a little bit. Um, but by nice slash expensive those don't always have to correlate but buy nice or expensive and keep it for as long as possible also known as a quality versus quantity i think there's a lot of times where i'm like you know what that backpack is 50 bucks but this one's (laughs) 48.72 and it looks bad but it's gonna get the same job done i'm gonna get that one because i'm gonna save a little bit you know i think that's i think that's really easy but then you end up buying four backpacks because you don't like the one you have you know totally and i think that's why i'm like and that's a terrible example because we know we're talking about the the two hundred dollar backpack versus the fifty dollar backpack. But mm-hmm. again, I think there's this um, the cost per wear, the cost per use that really can apply to some of the things. And, it, and I hate when people shout out to my boy Elliot. I know he's thinking the same thing when people say things are. I bought this as an investment. You ain't investing in your shoes, okay? <laughs> it's not an investment. 
you know, just investing in yourself. Let's just say that investing in your, in your look, mm-hmm. all right. In your fit. Let's just say that, but it's not, there's no returns on those there's shoes. There's no return on, of investment on your white leather shoes, but the cost of, you know, per use or per wear. I think that, I think that really applies. I think that really applies. So buy something, buy something you love. My mom would always say, I'm like, Oh, I like this t-shirt. My mom would go, do you love it? And I was always like, not really, <laughs> you know, and then we'd continue on because in reality, I didn't want the shirt from Kohl's. It had a skateboard connected to it <laughs> and it was only 10 bucks and I wanted the skateboard, not the t-shirt. So I think buy quality versus quantity. Mm. All right. Okay, so this is Andrew's last one. Last one for me. Number 15, delayed gratification. Okay. I think, you know, just in, in general, saving, living within your means. I think that's, um, these are phrases that people just don't, uh, I feel like it's hard to live by, but truly delayed gratification. I'm going to quote a podcast, um, shout out DIY money. I love this. I love this kind of, it's like their little slogan that they say at the beginning of each episode, but they say live on less than you make, invest the rest and do it for a really long time. And I think in that, it's, it makes the idea, uh, at least from a financial standpoint, very simple. Mm-hmm. But I think so much of what we do with our finances can just bleed into obviously other aspects of our life. But I'm like, delayed gratification. It's like fitness. <laughs> it's, like, it's like so many aspects of our life. All these things can, um, can fall together. But I think the delayed gratification is a big thing, right? The get rich quick, the... How can I lose as much weight as possible, gain as much weight as possible, or, you know, gain as much muscle as possible? How can I, you know, I, we're always trying to do things quick, but just the delayed gratification, the chipping away, I think, you know, the idea, I was listening to a podcast talking about, um, you know, like sculptures and, and how, how, how so much of, how much of so much of the development of humanity is just like the chipping away of, uh, you know, as you have this big block, as you chip away, it's this, it looks a little weird, but as you see more detail that we, you know, you see this beautiful picture of a, you don't know, like a naked dude peeing in a, whatever, <laughs> whatever the, David? <laughs> but you know what I mean? The, the, the fountains where it's just a bow and arrow a and a baby's shooting each other. Yeah. But you know what I mean? The idea of truly sculpt, like sculpting our life, I think of over time. So delayed gratification, I think is a big, a, a big thing that can be missed in our Hmm. in our day and age so it's very true all right lid what's next okay so number 16 um i was actually talking to one of my leaders about this yesterday and i was like yeah i did really learn that this year um this year one big lesson i had is i'm not afraid of making mistakes anymore because i know i will make them and own them i feel like for so long I've been afraid of making the wrong decision or saying something a little bit incorrectly or, you know, people misinterpreting my intentions. And I feel like that state of fear can be debilitating in some ways. But Mm. this year, I feel like I learned, like, I will make mistakes and I will have seasons of triumph and I'll have seasons of failure. And it's about owning and learning from those mistakes rather than trying to avoid them. Um, So I think just accepting that mistakes and you are going to hurt people and he, people are going to hurt you like make it at least for me is it, it's felt different of just like a piece around that mm-hmm. um i don't have to worry as much and when i do make a mistake or i do hurt someone or i do something wrong i can own it and move on and that's that's it, it doesn't have to define me or ruin my life um kind of along with that is be proud of who you are and who you are becoming um and i've been saying this to a few people 
I feel like I've learned this year. Um, I'm like in the least conceited way possible. I'm like, I make the room better. Like when I come into a room, like the room is better. Agreed. And I think it's like a confidence thing. But I think everybody should think that. I think everyone should know themselves and like their personality. Like I had this moment where I was like, does everyone think their personality is the best? Like, and not in a conceited way, but like, I hope everyone does. I hope everyone's like, oh, wow, I'm like the, I'm either super fun or I'm funny or I'm a good listener. Like people just know their strengths and they're proud of them. So I feel like just like who you are and like who you're becoming and own what your strengths are and like know that when you step into the room like something elevates because of you and you can live from that confidence I feel like is has been really maybe nobody else has noticed but for me it's felt really grounding the same way that number 16 it's like I can be proud of who I am and I can be proud of my mistakes it's like that one sound that was like I like who I am and I like how I do things and I like my mistakes um do you know what I'm talking about? I do not. Cool. Well, maybe other people <laughs> on Instagram know what I'm talking about. Or maybe it was on TikTok. I don't know. But I feel like I've really embodied that this year. Okay, number 18. This one m- might not make sense, but I'm going to try and articulate clearly. God is a mystery and live and walk in that mystery. So this was kind of fueled by I took an Old Testament class this Um, quarter. Um, If you didn't know, I am in seminary, which is basically Bible grad school. And I had been avoiding taking Old Testament because Old Testament is a scary class to take um, because you talk about a lot of things that, you know, we just get, I think as evangelical Christians, we get hesitant to dive into the Old Testament. So I took this class and I, I really expected something different. I expected to read the Bible like a textbook I expected like hard fast answers about things and I got none of that and what I really walked away from with that class is that God is a mystery and that's actually a really beautiful thing and he is God and I am not and the more we accept that the more we just get to be in relationship with him I feel like I would love to make a whole, I was actually thinking about this in the shower today. I was like, I, we should ask my old Testament professor to be on the podcast. That'd be really cool. Because I want to articulate a lot of things. I do really want to talk about faith on this podcast, but I'm also really hesitant to talk about faith on this podcast because it really kind of puts some, I don't know, your theology is exposing. And I was watching this thing on Instagram about this guy was asking, answering the question. Sorry, I'm going on a tangent, but I kind of do want to say this on the podcast. Um, This guy, I don't know who he was. He was some pastor. I got on my for you page. He was answering the question, can women be pastors? And he had a, what I thought was pretty normal response of yes, they can. And here's kind of the few scriptures that mention that women can't. And here's the context of those scriptures and why it was about a certain time and place and not like forevermore every church. And I look in the comments and this guy, like I thought it was a pretty like standard answer low key. Mm -hmm. And this guy got reamed in the comments, like absolutely destroyed by this guy's an idiot. I can't believe you'd say that this is avoiding biblical truth, like just demolished. And I was shocked as a woman in ministry Um, so all that to say, I want to talk about these things, but I get why people are really hesitant. Mm -hmm. Luckily podcasts can have no comments, but I mean, it's so many things that we have in our life that seem political or divisive, right? Like it just, 
naturally everything you say people put assumptions or whatever it is on you so it's hard to which is the whole point of this podcast is to not assume anywho Mm -hmm. but god is a mystery and i would love to talk about that more and i really think we should get my professor on the podcast because he will say everything i want to say just better so (laughs) classic classic professors you know (laughs) okay moving from a really deep one to a really silly one but this is so true number 19 blow drying your hair actually works so this was a very silly one but i really wanted to put it in there because this year i feel like i started blow drying my hair and my hair is pin straight naturally i've never really had to do anything to it and i've always been like why would i blow dry my hair because it's already straight it'll just make it straight But the amount of volume I get from blow drying my hair and the amount of more days I can go without washing it is insane. So I feel like I really have stepped into my beauty era this year, which I've been loving. Um, Getting more into makeup and hair and different things like that, just like as a fun thing. I'll contact about this later. But blow drying your hair works. Who would have known? I wouldn't. Actually, seventh grade Andrew would. Mm. It has changed my straight hair to be more voluminous (laughs) straight hair. So thank you for that, blow dryers. Okay, number 20, ask people to forgive you. Andrew will say, I'm probably not the best at this, but I'm working on it. Um, And I think there's something different about saying sorry versus asking someone to forgive you. Um, I think it's more powerful to put the ball back in their court. We actually learned this from our friend Amanda, who's a therapist, um, saying the phrase, will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. versus I'm sorry um, because you're inviting them into saying yes or no mm-hmm. if they will forgive you versus just saying I'm sorry and then it's over. So I feel like that's been really powerful and something I've really started to try and do this year. Um, okay, number 21, kind of back to the beauty era. You will actually feel better about yourself when you put yourself together. Um, again, I have stepped into my beauty era this year. I've started getting facials. I take care of my hair more. Like, I feel like I've just come into a self-care era in a new way at 27, which makes sense because like I said before, we're having a little bit more dispendable, expendable income. And I was always a person who would never wear jeans, who would, oh, I should have put this on here. Maybe it's together. I, I just would wear active wear like I'm a part-time personal trainer and then what I do in my full-time job I don't really have to like I'm not around adults very often I'm mostly around high school and college kids and so I can totally get away with wearing active wear every single day working out not showering kind of going along with my day <laughs> um, and I feel like this year it has actually been a game changer for my self-confidence to actually like put together an outfit and look like a 27 year old versus like a college student who's wearing sweatpants. You're 28 now. I'm 28 <laughs> now. Um, and to go along with this, Fashion Pass, maybe I'll put my uh, code in the comments, has literally changed my life. This is not an ad, but if Fashion Pass, you want to start sponsoring this podcast, like I am literally your biggest advocate. She is. And also, Fashion Pass, if you start something for guys, I will be the first. I am jealous every single time Lydia gets to just have new clothes and then ship them away. It fits so much in the 90-day rule. Yes. If you don't know what Fashion Pass pass is, it's a clothing subscription rental service. So I pay a subscription every month and I get to pick... Actually, just upgraded it. Whoops. Um, But so I get to pick now four items every single shipment and then I wear the items and then I return them. And I feel like it has really changed... 
like the clothes I'll try. I feel like I've always been really safe in my like fashion. Um, and now I can try things because if I hate it, I don't have, it's like, there's no commitment. So it, there's more mm-hmm. freedom to try things. And I feel like it's really helped me kind of like wear real clothes almost every single day, <laughs> which sounds really silly, but like just in my jobs, I don't have to. So I feel like it's really helped my confidence and been really fun. Like it's been fun to kind of get into fashion to like figure out my style and yeah, again, kind of silly, but it's true. Okay. 22. This is about the friendship. So we're circling back. I said friendships in your twenties are hard. And if people don't want to be in your life, let them leave. Um, mine is more inspired out of, I had a friendship that ended essentially. It was when I was 26, but it really took me till 27 to get over it. Um, and really accept that if people don't want to be in your life, then I don't want them in my life. Um, so that's all I'll really say on that. But I think like friendships in your twenties are hard. People are in different places. Expectations are in different places. I was just having a conversation with a different friend about like our expectations and our friendship. Um, and just having those conversations. I think sometimes we forget that friendships are, relationships like you know you have to work out like your marriage for say or like your romantic relationship but you don't really think about having to at least I haven't until like this year like you have to set expectations in your friendships you have to work at your friendships you have to remind your friends you love them like the same not to the same degree but in the Mm. same vein as you do a romantic relationship like because if you don't tell your friend that you appreciate them or what you like about them like you're they're gonna not they're going to forget. Um, and then, yes, if people don't want to be in your life, let them go. It is not, they don't want to be there. So yeah. let them leave. Did you have anything else you want to say on friendships? No, I, think a, I think that's a good one. And it goes back to the quality versus quantity. Like you're going to double down on the things that you, you want, right? If you want these friendships, you're going to work for those. And if you don't, mm-hmm. you don't. And so allowing people to make that decision uh, allows you to also make the decision of let it, letting those friendships go. So I think that's something I'm working on as well. Yeah. I think at least for me, this year was a really pivotal year. Of, I feel like I'm really happy with the friendships I have. And also we had a group of friends that like made, like we kind of trailed off at the end of the year, but like really made the commitment to hang out once a month, like as a group. And I feel like that was really pivotal and being like, wow, okay, we have to work to see each other. It's not mm-hmm. just going to organically happen all the time. Okay, this next one, we're getting we're getting a little dark. We're getting real. Um, this one I think is true for me is that your demons never leave, and you're probably always gonna have to do the work. Um, this comes from two different experiences. Um, for me, one was at the beginning of the year in January, where I went to a class that was basically group therapy for a week. Um, and really stepped into that time thinking I had done a lot of work and I was kind of solid. And then I realized I wasn't solid and I called my therapist after that week and said we should start meeting again. Um, so just like not thinking that you have it all together, um, as well as I feel like I've struggled with my relationship with food for since middle school. I wrote this on my Instagram the other day and I honestly still have to this day. I feel like I've had moments this year that have really that has kind of flared up if you will and I won't go into too much detail but I just I had a conversation with a friend where I was like I really thought I would have figured this out by now 
Um, and I think maybe the things you struggle with are always going to be the things you struggle with. And so how can you get ahead of them and kind of continue to do the work instead of being like, I'm good now. So that's for me. Do your demons leave? No, it's a good one. Nope. No, they don't. <laughs> you're always, it, all, you're, well, I've, I was talking to my executive coach about this because I said, I'm back at the same place. And he's like, I don't think you're back at the same place. You're back at a similar place but you're still growing. I think that's true. I think we're always going to kind of be stumbled by the same things. And I think accepting that helps to make it not feel so debilitating when you're like, I'm back here, you know? Okay. Never take for granted being healthy and what your body can do. So for this, for me, um, comes again, twofold. I had knee surgery this year and (laughs) proceeded to make my knee surgery my entire personality for a while um I would talk to anyone about it and everyone because it was a really big deal for me and I don't think I realized how big of a deal it was going to be pre-surgery um I couldn't walk I couldn't do anything myself it was really debilitating for a little bit um And so I'm just so thankful for what my body can do. I say this after all my personal training sessions and classes I teach. I always say, thank your body for what it did for you today. And I think that took a whole new meaning for me this year because there were moments that like, I was really glad to finally figure out what was wrong with my knee. I had a torn meniscus and get the surgery. Um, Cause now, you know, six, seven months later, I'm feeling way better, but there were so mm-hmm. many moments where I thought I would never be the same again. And like mental breakdowns and like, just wanted to be back to normal and like from going from being really active and really athletic and again kind of like just having movement be a huge part of my life to literally not being able to walk was really crazy and so Mm -hmm. I just think I'm I have a new appreciation for being able to do like shower myself and go to the bathroom which I think is a healthy perspective after so many years of like fighting against my body which mm-hmm. I still fight against her sometimes but yeah. and then the other thing was I was sick last week and that really sucked I've been more sick this year I've talked to so many people who I was like I was sick last week and everyone's like you've been sick a lot this year and I was like I really have I know we both have it's the worst so I'm just now that I'm healthy it's like you're so thankful to be healthy it's like don't take it for granted because I've been sick a lot this year Okay, I think we have a few more. We're on number 25. Grades don't matter. There's a story behind this one. Um, I, I am in grad school, but I really don't care about my grades. I say this to my students constantly. So I work with high school and college students, and I, I honestly know I never say this to my high school kids because they're, they're not high achieving. So my not an at, they would say that. They're, I'm trying to get them to go to class. This is true. This is true. Versus my college students, um, they're like stressing out over bees. And I say this to them all the time, and it's not true for everyone. We have found many exceptions with the rule that grades don't matter. But I think the, the premise of the advice is that so many things that you're so worried about in this moment, like grades, you're literally going to forget about in the next few years like I was this college student that was also stressing about grades I couldn't even tell you what my GPA was in college now Um, and I think just some healthy perspective I think in adult life obviously not grades but there are things that we like stress about or like want to get perfect that in a few years we're going to totally forget about them so I think the sentiment of grades don't matter is what I'm trying to portray of like 
don't hold things so tightly. Like Andrew said, like earlier, it's just like, don't take everything so seriously. Um, because odds are you, my dad always said this and I honestly, it's really good advice. Cause I, and I think about it now, but he always said to me like 98% of the things you worry about won't happen. And that's kind of the same sentiment. All these things that are in your head, a lot of the things we worry about are in our head and I'm not disvalidating. A lot of things are real. There's a lot of stuff that's really real, but so many of the things I know for me personally, it is hyped up in my head and even just talking about it to someone, I'm like, nothing changed, but I feel better because it's no longer living in my head. Mm-hmm. So it's like yeah. 90% of the things we worry about just simply never occur. <laughs> okay. We got two more. 26. Silence is good and needed. Emphasis on the latter for me. Needed? Yes. Trying to get more comfortable with it, knowing it's needed, knowing it's valuable. Yes. I think for us, this really pertains to my relationship with Jesus, but also just like in our, I hate to be the person in the social media world as I'm literally talking on a podcast, um, but like when was the last time you were silent for 5, 10, 15 minutes? Actually think about it and then ask yourself why. I feel like there was, it was in like the middle of the year. I was like, I'm really just distracted. I'm trying to distract myself because when you're silent, things come up. Like your brain goes to places. It didn't really like go before. I remember my phone died on a plane on my way back from New York this summer. And I was like, no, I'm going to choose to be silent. And a lot of things came up in that plane ride that I was avoiding. Um, I think whether or not faith is important to you, silence is something that is so good for your mental health. It is so good for your brain. And like, just try it and report back. I don't even need to convince you. Just try it. Just try and be silent for five minutes. Set a timer. See what happens. Then try 10 minutes. Then 15. Let us know how it goes. And last but not least, 27. I've been saying this a lot this year. You are not busy. You are driven and passionate. Mm. I hate when people tell me I'm busy and I get it a lot because on the surface, it looks like my life is really complex because I have a lot of moving pieces, but I just have a very non-traditional job. And Mm -hmm. a lot of what I do in my brain falls under my full-time job, but it might not appear that way to others, to others. For example, coaching at the high school, we do young life at, um, I'm trying to think there's just, just, I just do a lot of like, my job is very mobile. So I'm meeting with people. I'm talking to people. I'm not sitting in office all day. And so when I tell people what I've going on, instead of saying, oh, I'm working from nine to five, I'm saying, oh, I have this meeting and I'm going to talk to this person and I'm going over here and then I'm coaching this and then I'm doing that. And I feel like people perceive that as like, wow, you have so much going on when I'm like, I'm just working the normal amount that everyone else is. It's just, I drive to different places to do it. Yeah. And I also feel like for me, I'm defending myself. Cause again, I say no to a lot of a lot of things. So people will be like, "You're so busy." I'm like, "Not all life giving stuff." Yeah. I just said I'm going from hanging with a friend to then doing. You know, I always feel like I say that phrase a lot. All life giving things. So it's not that I'm constantly busy. I have things that I'm choosing because I say yes to the things I want to say yes to, and no to the things I don't. 
Yeah. So I think I just hate the connotation of busy and I've heard it a lot this year. So now whenever someone says, you're so busy, I say, no, I'm just passionate driven. I just have a lot of things that I'm excited about that I'm going to get done today. And really, if you ask anyone, I take rest more seriously than probably 90% of people. So I think just reframing busy, busy sounds like you're just twiddling your thumbs, like being busy for the sake of being busy. So I think at least in my brain and kind of like changing the narrative around it is like, I am passionate and driven and I have a lot of things I'm going to get done today, but I'm not busy because busyness to me is silliness and just nothing. But I do have a lot going on, but I love it all. Or even, okay, I see, I said I'm in grad school. I always forget I'm in grad school because it's like on the list of my priorities, it's like number 17. And then people are like, oh my gosh, and you do that? I'm like, oh, well, that falls under my full-time job in my brain because I'm supposed to do it for my job. Yeah. Anywho, that's all our advice. There's 27. <sighs> I could only contribute 26.93. What do you mean? Because I haven't lived through my 20s. (laughs) Andrew's still 27. He'll be 28 next Tuesday. That's right. But that was a lot of advice all at once. I hope you took something from it. At least one thing. And maybe you disagree. And that is okay. That is the premise of Go to Sleep Mad. What works for us doesn't necessarily have to work for you. But we hope you got something from this. Happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to Lydia. Happy birthday to Andrew next week. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you've made it to this point, if you could share this on your story or send it to a friend that you think would really enjoy this episode, that would be really, really cool. Um, I said this, this is very obviously a very independent podcast. We're just two people with a microphone. We don't even have two microphones. We have one. It's crazy. We had to ask for a second microphone for Christmas. A, a, a true just raw setup here i really hope we get a second because this is hurting my back but it's just us so if you want to send it to someone help us get the word out we'd really appreciate it but that's all we got for you see you guys on the next one bye